I am nomad. No, you're not nomad. You're an alien machine. It doesn't matter which side runs the village. It's run by one side or the other. Oh, certainly. But both sides are becoming identical. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. There's a 68.71% chance you're right. Cute. End of line. There's nothing in this world that you can own that I can't take with force, except Bitcoin. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Euros are going to zero. The yen's going to zero. The Chinese currency's going to zero. It's all going to zero against Bitcoin. Look at these three words written larger than the rest, with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, we the people. Then what will happen to us? There's no trace of my money. My office is gone. What will I do? How will I live? Your programming tapes have been altered. You are in error. You are a biological unit. You are imperfect. I am no man. Greetings, cads and bounders. It's Nomad 21, uh, episode 18, and I am stoked, brothers and sisters, stoked. David Bennett is here from his podcast, Bitcoin and. Bitcoin and. And uh, if you know, you know, and many of you already do. If you don't, you really need to follow this guy and listen to what he has to say. David brings the truth of the day, whether you want to hear it or not. He's just that kind of guy, okay? Astute, opinionated, Texan, knowledgeable, and relatable. And I underscore that last point, very relatable. If you're not following his pod, you really ought to be. Um, we have a terrific conversation about so many things, but some of the highlights, government overreach and how to get away from it, uh, parallel media in terms of filmmaking, Hollywood, the woke movement, and what is being birthed because of that movement, the reaction to it, uh, the music industry, same thing, and journalism. And that goes right down to podcasting, right? Uh, decentralization and open protocols. David absolutely schools us on Noster. So if you're interested in getting in on the Noster phenom, and it is a phenom, I guarantee it. I've been there. I'm living it. Uh, be sure to listen to this because he's got a lot to say. And again, that's where that relatable thing comes in. Okay. We also discussed science fiction for a minute. Um He's a big sci-fi fan. So am I. So uh, really cool. Uh, all this and more in a moment. But uh, first, ladies and gentlemen, Bitcoin 23 quickly approaches. Very excited to be preparing my personal journey to Miami, Florida, uh, around the Gulf to meet and mingle. Uh, very, very exciting. If you're on the fence, I can tell you that even if you don't take in one single presentation at uh, the event there, the price of admission will probably be worth it, if only for all the people and the connections to be had in the lobby and at the social events that orbit the event, all right? Uh, it's not so much the main event as it is all the activity around it 
really, really fascinating. If you're looking for a Bitcoin career or trying to figure out how you can get more involved in the space, then, you know, this is decision time for you if you're on the fence. What are your incentives? Uh, what do you think? You know, uh, use Nomad Code if you decide to go for it uh, for a 10% discount on your tickets. And now, what a terrific jam with David Bennett here, folks. A really high signal affair from all sides. It's full of tasty morsels and treats. Uh, without further rambleage, here's the one and only David Bennett. Hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Baza from Bitcoin Magazine, creative director, and you're listening to Nomad 21. All right, David Bennett. Thank you so much for doing this, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, man. This is awesome. Uh, I have listened to you for, I'm trying to think, at least two years, I would I would guess. Wow. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. You're, you're a voluminous podcast publisher. You've got how many episodes have you have you out these days? Uh, I just released uh, 698 uh, today. <laughs> wow. The busiest, the busiest man in podcasting, no doubt. That's <laughs> yeah, really well, the news never stops. It certainly doesn't. And I mean, we're <laughs> about to get into that, I hope. Um, it has been horrendous uh, what the, the powers that be are doing. The overreach is unprecedented. The insanity of, of the uh, decisions and edicts and and narratives that are are being thrown out there um and i really did want to get in, into this with you uh first of all though let's just sort of for any of my listeners who don't know what you do let's fill them in your podcast is called bitcoin and and right. uh as we've said you've done a lot of them uh can you tell folks what you like to do on your pod well i needed i was had been looking for quite a while for a podcast that would give me the daily news and there really wasn't one there was recaps of the week there was you know all kinds of stuff but you know nothing that came out that was like here i'll, I'll read you <clears throat> all these articles that popped up you know end of day yesterday and then this part you know this part of this morning because i i'd knew, normally put the show together in the morning right before i roll yeah and uh since there wasn't anything like that you know <laughs> you know, be, be that which you want to see. So I decided to to go ahead and, and, and roll that out. But I usually try to touch on, like, sometimes I'll touch on topics that are outside of Bitcoin, which is hence the name for Bitcoin and, because it stands for that there's Bitcoin and there's other things. There's regenerative agriculture, there's yeah, soil, there is gaming, like video games, there's education, there's uh, homesteading there's there's all kinds of stuff and a lot of it you know a lot of this these things like regenerative agriculturists and rant you know ranchers uh homeschoolers those that aren't bitcoiners yet they're bitcoiners they just don't know it yet because amen they're, they're all looking for we're all looking for the same thing we we sense that something is horribly wrong we're getting a picture nowadays of what that horribly wrong actually looks like. And these guys have been out, you know, been out there being sovereign for a while. And the only thing that was missing from their life was 
a sovereign safe to keep their time expenditure in, and that's Bitcoin. Yeah, man. And and you you nailed it. I, I often think of the newbies who are coming in and maybe listening uh, to myself or your pod or, you know, anybody pick one guy Swan, you know, Vallis, the whole gang. Uh, you know, we really get into it. And sometimes I think we, we can be guilty of forgetting if you're a newbie, although we do come back and, and we circle the wagons again and remember that there there are points in time where people have just entered the space. Uh, but I think some people think that Bitcoin is just like, yeah, I'm going to get rich and it's going to be awesome and hail Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, it's on <laughs> autopilot. I don't have to do anything. Uh, right. But suddenly, you know, there's all these related topics like you just uh, alluded to. And right. um, it really opens your eyes to these things. And it really, you know, this is what we call going down the rabbit hole. Indeed. Um, in that respect uh what has been on your radar lately i know in the last two pods you've been talking about um uh central america and africa and um and the significance of those nations and just how insane things have gone in the western world period uh i you know for one can get a little overwhelmed by it all and i you know can be a bit of a, a warrior and uh I've, I try to make plans. I am nomadic, hence Nomad 21. I travel in, in a van. I'm uh-huh. like, do you, do you remember? Are you old enough to remember the Incredible Hulk TV series with Lou Ferrigno and, and uh, uh, Bill Bixby? Oh, hell yeah, man. I used to watch that all the time. That was well, one of my favorites. I'm, I'm like Bruce Banner. OK, I sort of <laughs> go from town to town and I find a job at the local, you know, uh, you know, I wash cars for the used car guy and uh-huh. uh and I, I earn a bit of scratch just to get by. But then I feel, you know, the overreach coming after me and I got to roll, you know, and I beat it out of town and I'm on to the next place. Um, but to be serious, do you have your eye on an escape hatch? Uh, you know, we talk a lot about El Salvador and what's happening there and the, and the, the brilliant things that are, are going on in other places in the world, such as Guatemala. Uh, I know um, Madeira, the island uh, community and Portugal and and there's a lot of uh, things. Do you ever consider that? Because I know you moved. It must be difficult for you moving from from Texas to way up uh, to is it Washington State? Yeah, Eastern Washington State. Um, like very close to the Idaho border, so it's not. You know, out here is out here is different. Um, it's not like the ins- insanity that you see going on in Seattle. But then again, in Texas, it's not the, you know, like living outside of Austin because Austin is insane. Dallas is insane. Houston is probably the worst of them all. But if you define a state by, you know, a few cities, you're kind of missing the bigger picture because out here there's a lot of ranchers and farmers and they just they're not going to put up with this crap. The, the, The crap that we're seeing, the wokeness, the the insanity of, well, I. It does, I'll just say wokeness and you can, because that's a whole basket full of crap. They just don't deal with it. So when we talk about stuff like Central America, South America, uh, the continent of Africa, and I also add the Balkans and the Baltics to that, because they're sort of like, kind of like the footholds between Europe and uh, Asia. So the <laughs> skedaddling down you know, picking the family up and, and, you know, disregarding 
United States citizenship um, and gaining citizenship in another country is not something to be taken lightly simply because if for no other reason, because it's a, it's a lot of work. So I look at these countries and I look at these continents and what I'm fascinating, what I'm fascinated by is not so much as the, the prospect of moving there as much as the fact that I know in my heart of hearts that Bitcoin adoption is not going to be driven by the West, Japan, Russia, India, China, Australia, New Zealand, Western and Eastern Europe, United States, Canada, and Mexico, you can forget about all that. That's that's a no-go. Not in the in the short and medium term. Last yeah, it's, to adopt. it's those who need it. It's those who who absolutely have a necessity for a way to transact uh freely and without losing 99% of their their currency's value. Right. And they lose that because of the aforementioned countries that I just mentioned. Not so much Russia, but Australia, New Zealand, uh, Europe, United States, Canada, uh, and for a little bit, Mexico, because it's all North America. Um, They lose their value because of the machinations of the people from these countries. So there's already a, a there's already been a bifurcation between well, what is the global north and what is the global south minus New Zealand and Australia? Uh, so I, it's not that I, I would consider moving to something like El Salvador or, you know, more likely Costa Rica, um, except for one small problem. There's no guarantee whatsoever that Bukele at one point or another will cease to become president. So therefore there's, there's no promise that the next guy in or the next gal in won't rescind everything that President Bukele did, make Bitcoin illegal. And then we find out that they're just nothing but a world economic forum puppet. And I kind of think that, that that's on the table. That's not outside the realm of possibility. So what I really advise people to do is, yeah, you can look at that. It's a po- if it's a possibility for you, there's no reason not to look at that as a possibility for your future. But more in more of a realistic standpoint, I think it's about getting out of the the flashpoint cities. And the flashpoint city is something like Chicago, New York, Dallas, Houston, and getting out into the country, but not so far away from a smaller town that you don't have any other people. So it's I it's sort of like the reverse of what happened after World War II. The rural communities flooded into the cities and rural communities started dying and they're continuing to die. I am going I am predicting that you're going to see the exact reverse of that happen. And because it becomes a decentralized function very much like the way Bitcoin operates, so many people that are that are spaced so far apart start developing their own communities, their own way of doing things, their own protection mechanisms. They protect each other. They protect themselves in ways that they wouldn't be able to do in a city because the city government has gone woke and everybody's a terrorist. 
So therefore, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know that this reminds me. I don't. Are you familiar with Laser Hoddle, a gentleman who? Uh, Absolutely. Was, yeah, he was big on the the pod circuit, and uh, he's kind of gone underground for the moment. He pops up from time to time, but he uh, had this mantra of uh, making yourself uh, scarce and making yourself hard to reach, making yourself anonymous. You know rescinding your steps into the internet sort of removing yourself uh, uprooting from uh kyc and uh trying to regain some of your privacy all these are are popular things within the bitcoin space and he was really a uh, a trumpeteer for that uh kind of thought and that follows what you're saying if you move into a more rural community you are more difficult to control and and more difficult to reach in general how do you think about that? Well, the control mechanism is still there. <clears throat> and let me let me define what I mean by that. And I was talking today, and I've talked on several of my shows about this. Like today, I was talking about the 401k like I've done before on several occasions. And a 401k is nothing more than a chain that binds you to that which you cannot see, but is very, very evil. And I'm not suggesting that people give up their 401ks. But like today, I kind of nailed it down even for myself a little bit more succinctly by saying that if the bright spot of your day is to look at your 401k and that's the only thing that makes you smile, (laughs) (laughs) then then the rest of your then the rest of your existence is basically a wasteland. And again, I'm not advising anybody to just punch out of their 401k, Um, but with identifying those chains that bind us. So the 401k is one, and that comes from what? Your full-time job, which you may or may not be able to do in a, like if you move out of Houston and you are an office worker for an oil conglomerate in Houston, the chances are very good. You're not going to be able to do that job 60 miles outside of the outskirts of Houston. So that has a tendency to, Like once we, once the rural communities moved into the cities, what we essentially did is we put ourselves into prison. It's very hard to break out of that. And the only way to be able to fully break out of that is one of two ways, in my opinion, is one, you happen to be able to perform a function that gets you fiat currency as a paycheck, which you can convert to Bitcoin, but at least gets you some kind of paycheck that you can do not being in that office. If you can do that, you're golden. The other thing is to be able to completely reset the way you think or how you think you're supposed to live. And that's going against however many years you've been walking around on the planet because everybody's been telling you, you got to go to school, then you go to college, and then you get a job. And then you look at your 401k, and it's the only bright spot of your day. And then you retire, and then you do what? And all of that, when I put it together in that kind of sentence, it it just feels hollow. So how do you, like asking people to rethink their entire existence is in many cases, going to be a non-starter. So what are we going to end up with? Cities are still going to be cities. Those that can get out will. Those that can take the pain of a complete life readjustment will do so 
but only if they see that their existence right now may very well not be conducive to how they want to live their life. It's, it's hard. It's, it's easy to explain, but it's hard to do. Yeah. And uh, I think people, most people obviously do not see anything coming. They're just like the biggest deal is, well, we need Trump back or, you know, we need to keep Biden or we need a replacement for Biden or pick your narrative. Uh, but they're all right. sort of uh, uh, approved by the powers that be. It's theater to me. This is all theater. It's drama. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm watching this Trump stuff with interest, but it's like, are you are you kidding? I mean, it's just there's no rules. <clears throat> just whatever people want to happen uh, who have the power, they they make it happen. And it's it's all a big game and it's it's wildly entertaining. Uh, I, I, I get angry about it sometimes, but then you have to sit back and you have to laugh. And this is why we're talking about these things. This is why Bitcoin is much more than meets the eye. If you're somebody new listening, I recommend that you tune in uh, and subscribe to Bitcoin and with our friend David Bennett here, because he's going to inform you. He's going to give you the latest. And on that topic, I wanted to bring up the uh, the restrict bill, the restrict act. Um, wh what are the chances? What do you what do you think? Is, is, is this go? That I wish I could tell you that I don't know. Um, I would like to believe that there's no way in hell that that shit can pass. However, under the clown show, the clown show, yeah, the clown show that we've been witnessing completely enables this stupidity. And you're talking about a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine and twenty years in prison to access a website that is not approved via a VPN. I I honestly I I'm out of my depth in fathoming this kind of stupidity. I, I mean it's would that it's be enough to make you leave the country? It almost it almost would. Um it see this is and this is where I fall back. I can talk about hey, you gotta change the way you think about life. Yeah, can I? See, that's the real question. You can say it. Can you live it? And right there, there's a friction point because it's like, Jesus, how much work does it take to get out of this mire? But then again, you know, it's, I, it's I, I don't know. I, I, See, I don't it. know. Especially because, well, when you live, when you're, you know, when you're significant other, like my wife, she doesn't see this for how I see it. And as yeah. much as we're married and we've been together for years and have two children together, she is still in that she's mired in that Dude, in that thing. I'm, and you it's, know what? it's hard. I, this is why Bitcoiners all love talking with each other, because we finally get a moment to be with somebody who, who sees things the way we do and understands things the way we do. My story is I left um, Canada when I saw all this happening. I felt like I was in in the old 50s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where everybody's walking around like, and I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on? I put everything in my van. I hired a helicopter because we were not allowed to drive across the border because of, uh, you know, the, the lockdown bullshit. Right. And then I hired a private helicopter to fly over and then, uh, oh, sorry, I, 
and I shipped my van over as cargo on the back of uh-huh. a diesel truck. Then I picked up my van on the other side in, in New York near Buffalo and uh-huh. and then drove into the welcoming arms of the USA. But uh, the, you speak of the mire. The mire in Canada is insane, but it's yeah. insane. It's absolutely I don't know how uh, BTC Sessions does it in Calgary, but Calgary is in the West. Alberta's kind of like the Texas of Canada. Right. Um, so he's kind of there'd probably be more like-minded people. I was in, in in Toronto and it was it's it's crazy. So it's like blue-haired people and purple-haired people and uh you know wokeness everywhere. There's rainbow flags everywhere, just like the yeah. crosswalks are a rainbow. Um I'm sorry, I just went off on a tangent, but uh, you sort of got me there with the get back to the mire that you speak of because some people don't see it. And and often are it's it's people like our spouses. Well, that you know that's it. That that that's the mire. And you know, and, and to be quite frank, if somebody wants to be gay, go be gay. I have zero problems with that absolutely, shit. absolutely. You know, if you want to be a transgender, if you want to be a transvestite, if you want to do all that stuff, hey, you go out and do that. But the minute that you force it down my throat. Well, see, now that's weaponization. That's a problem. I've got a huge problem with that because we've had all this before. People have been gay for a long time. That's right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they've been gay since ancient Rome and ancient Greece. I mean, come on. It's- I always, you know, I imagine when when this topic comes up, I imagine having a hetero day or hetero week or hetero month. And it's not nah, be a terrorist. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you could you'd have like people in bikinis and G-strings, a man and a woman grinding with each other on the floats as they roll by and, uh, you know, taking right. strippers into the classroom. I saw a great tweet about that, by the way, you know, strippers in the classroom reading stories to children and explaining sexuality to them, you know. Um, yeah, it, it no, it, it it's a, a complete non-starter. But this is this is the mire that's been fabricated around us. And. You know, I'll, you know, I have no problem putting tinfoil hats on, but this is all media. This, when you were enveloped in nothing but messaging, it's going to have an effect, no matter how strong of a will you have. And that's where I see most of the normie people is they actually buy into the crap on CNN, CNBC about money or CNN for about politics or NBC for about politics. Cause it's like, you know, I remember I used to listen to NPR when NPR actually had news, but it's now they just report on what's going on in Washington, D.C. And I'm like, that's not the way this used to be. You know, NB, like all the news agencies is just you're a terrorist if you don't buy into transgenderism. And I'm like, well, I I don't myself want to be transgender. I'm just I don't feel that way. But I just would if, if I speak out against it at this point that I'm labeled a white nationalist right-wing terrorist. And I'm like, that's not at all an apt description of who I am. So getting out, you're still tied. You're tied to the people that you love who are still buying in to the messaging, but the messaging is everywhere. It, you can't, it's social media, it's in the in the songs. I mean, hell, even the entire music industry was captured after um, Napster. I mean, remember the whole Napster thing? I do. I certainly do. 
Yeah, when I saw Lars Ulrich from fucking Metallica put on a suit and tie and <laughs> sit his ass in front of Congress bitching yeah. and moaning about Napster, I was like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. And the music industry died that day. It's never come back. And now I've got I've got some of the worst messaging in the form of music, which is a potent message delivery system. It always has been. And yet I haven't heard anything other than the same narrative. The same narrative that's on CNBC is in the music industry, but in song. It's like interpretive dance. You know, how do we interpret wokeness? Well, we'll give you Lady Gaga. That's how we'll do interpretive dance in music. So, and then movies completely captured. Oh, TV yeah. completely I, you, captured. You have mentioned on a few occasions, excuse me, I've got a, hornet buzzing around inside my van because i have the windows oh. open folks i'm sitting in here i'm good I, i'm not really fearful of these creatures but uh they visit from time to time because they see colorful items and i think they think they're flowers, flowers. or something <laughs> uh, and i'm wearing a bright orange t-shirt which i'm sure is not helping matters that doesn't help <laughs> but uh on the uh uh movie front i know you're a bit of a, a science fiction fan is that true i think i've heard you say that a few times oh shit yeah man i love science fiction yeah so i'm uh following uh on youtube this uh guy called uh, uh victor von doomcock uh richter richter with an r von doomcock and he wears this crazy mask that is something akin to like an old doctor who robot mask gotcha. you know uh, and it, it's so good and he he um oh the harley davidson's of florida can you hear that uh, yeah. he he uh, sequences his voice digitally and it comes out as a deep uh, very villain-esque uh, sounding voice and it's beautiful because he deconstructs the uh, the and, and he's uh, like you and like me. He's not against uh, being gay or choosing to dress as a woman or any of those things. But he is against co-opting Hollywood in the name of that narrative. And he is very much a fan of story, of good science fiction. And so he will criticize and uh rally people uh because he's been robbed of like so many of us of good entertainment and uh one of his number one issues is is disney and i i'm sure oh you're aware of what's happened there it's just a joke uh -huh. so i mean this is the world we live in and this is how we're being uh or, or certainly our children i think guys like you and i are kind of like oh, we just got to get out of the way and 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 not freak out and and get charged for assault, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Comments. <coughs> Disney's so bad. They had to bring Iger back. That's I mean, right. that, that, that should be your clue that when it starts impacting the bottom line, just, then all of a sudden people start waking up. Will Disney wake completely up? I, I don't know. I doubt it. But um, chances are real good that you're going to probably see some progr programmatical changes across their network and across their movie uh, construction over the next well, few years. we got to go back to incentives, right? I mean, incentives make the world go round. Uh, no matter what currency you're using, no matter what the current uh, – issues of the day are socially speaking so yeah. uh, investors at some point right we have to be accountable to to them is, is do you feel that way well yeah because you know well 
I was about to, I hate it when I start sentences with because. Uh, let's look at it this way. Money's been free for 25 years. Clearly, it's been free for longer than that, but not as free as it's been over the last 25 years. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse post-2008. So what ended up happening is that it commodity, well, it didn't commodify, but you had a situation where free money was everywhere. Nobody actually had to make a profit. And the incentive structure was, hey, Disney, uh, blast out the wokeness to the three-year-olds and, and we'll make sure that it doesn't matter if you turn a profit or not because of the way that we're doing the economy right now for the United States and the West. Right. Well, Are they in on the, the, the free money then, you would yeah, think? Yeah. They they are, but not insofar as they're just going to get a check cut to them from the United States government. It's it's sort of like money is so free, you kind of you kind of can't help but to have it fall in your lap somehow. Like people are always going to be <laughs> yeah. able to buy your subscriptions, and as long as this gravy train runs then the incentives are aligned to do whatever it takes to make sure that gravy train runs. But when that gravy train stops and it's stopped, at least for now, it's on, it's at least on pause. Then all of a sudden you have to go back to first principles. And that is what is our product? Do people like our product? Are they willing to pay for our product? What are they willing to pay and how much does it cost us to produce that? If it costs us more to produce that than we make, we got to make some changes. Exactly. So now it's almost like because all this has happened, the sensibilities may very well return from the grassroots level on up the stack. Because so for so long, the grassroots have been, it's sort of like a rainstorm. All that free money falling like rain across the entirety of the United States and Western Europe and Canada and all that kind of stuff just beats the grass down. It just keeps coming down. It just keeps coming down. And then one day the sun comes out, the roaches scurry away, and the grass can now start pushing back up. You see how that see, yeah, exactly. see what I'm getting at? I see that exactly. And and I've seen that in small ways happening. Um, you know, and, and it's quite different uh, where I'm currently nested in the state of Florida, um, which as a Canadian is absolutely beautiful uh, yeah. spending your winters uh, here. And people are going around with uh, North Face jackets in December and I'm in a, a pair of sandals and shorts and I'm at the beach. And I, I spent Christmas on the beach for the first time in my life. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. But. You know, that being said, Florida is a working state. People are working. There's an abundance of, of jobs at the moment. Who knows when that goes off the rails? But, um, you know, people are making money here and they're spending money. And and uh, it's it's wonderful to see. We have some leadership that uh, seems to care about, you know, people. It seems to care about people, you know, performing their role in society and making the larger machinery turn. So that's terrific. Um, but getting back to the entertainment thing, and this touches me personally because uh, I am an actor. I was a working actor in, in the city of Toronto. And uh -huh. uh, I had the best two years of my career in that it was a part-time job. I was sustaining myself on 
uh, money from acting and money from performing uh, music as a, as a songwriter and a, a folk artist, I guess, in, in bars and cafes. And right. suddenly the lockdowns come and everything is just, it grinds to a halt. And yeah. at that point, that's when I left. So I'm still able to play my guitar down here. And I, you know, as a matter of fact, I just found my first gig, uh, which I'm excited about. And uh, I even play in the streets. I do some busking and, and make some gas money that way. And it's a lot of fun just to play again. So I'm, I'm having a great deal of fun with that. But do you think uh, there, it, there's a possibility now for an entertainment industry that is parallel to uh, what has happened to Hollywood? Uh, you know, we see people like, uh, what's his name? The Jewish guy that's incredible in a debate. And he... Uh, he, he can't be, he's amazing. Uh, I, my, it's failing me right now. He's a great, he, he runs his own uh, YouTube show. Uh, he has a subscription service, which I recommend. And I can't think of his name. Everybody's going, you dummy. It's so-and-so. I think anyway, I know, I think I might know who you're talking about. He actually about. hired Gina Carano from uh, the Mandalorian uh, uh-huh. show. And yeah, I know exactly who that is. Because she was a victim of wokeness. She got attacked and then she got yep. de- deplatformed basically from uh, one of the most successful science fiction shows in years. Yep. Uh, but this guy and everybody's going, you know, you idiot, you can't remember his name, but he hired him for some productions of his own. So he's doing it. Um, anyway, my question, do you, do you see possibly an entertainment industry rising that cherishes more traditional values for lack of a better way of putting it? Well, yeah, we used to call that, uh, independent filmmaking. <laughs> and yeah. now, now the indie indie crowd has been completely captured as well. So it'll, it'll happen again. And now we have, you know, we've got really good tools. There's the amount of people that I have seen that are competent in running uh, video editing and audio editing is insane. It's like, you know, I trained for it when I was in, in high school. I was taking college classes at the same time for audio engineering, and it was hard. It was hard to do. We were we were tracking direct to uh, tape back in the day. Editing, you wanted to edit something out, grab your razor blade. Did, I remember. I remember. I did it, man. I did yeah, it. That That's how we used to do shit back in, in the day. And now I've got a $99... Uh, I use fruit, uh, fruit, fruity loop studio or FL studio. And it's, it's amazing. And it costs 99 bucks and it's not a rental. I own the software <laughs> and yeah. I can do edits at the waveform level. And it's, you know, it's amazing. So with the advent of these tools and the affordability of these tools, and the fact that we're all connected by, you know, by the internet and we have pipes that are big enough to be able to transmit a quite a quantity of data, then yes, the answer to your question is yes, you, you are already seeing the, the smidgens of it. You know, and I've, I've talked about this on the show a couple of times is that we represent the future of media. All of us do. Absolutely. If you've got smallest podcast to the biggest podcast from, you know, the smallest YouTuber to the biggest YouTuber. And even if YouTube decides to just shit can them all and wreck their entire revenue model, it's not going to matter. These people still have their cameras. They still have their editing tools. And you've got things coming online all the time, like Bitcoin TV. 
you, uh, you've got, I don't, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about Nostra a little bit later. But well, I was going to say, this is a perfect segue into that. And you of yeah. all people have seen the value with your experience uh, from Twitter. Right. And so, so oh, uh, yeah. let's, if, if you're able to, if you have more time, I'd like to take a bit of a break and then uh -huh. we can come back and pick up on that. How do you feel about that, uh, David? Yeah, sure thing, man. No problem. All right, folks, you're listening to Nomad 21, and I have the uh, inestimable, inestimable, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, David Bennett from Bitcoin and it's a wonderful podcast, and you should subscribe and uh, make sure you find David on uh, Noster. We're going to get into a bit of, of, of uh, decentralized protocols in the sense of social media when we come back after this. Bonjour, je suis Baza de Bitcoin Magazine et vous écoutez Nomad 21. All right, um, we're back with David Bennett from Bitcoin and wonderful podcast. Please follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, David is an acute uh, observer of, um, you know, social issues in general, uh, the geopolitical landscape, macro um, issues and and he's with me here, and we are going to discuss Noster. So, David, my first question on this topic is, explain how you were happy-go-lucky on Twitter, uh, discussing Bitcoin, promoting your podcast, and suddenly things changed for some reason. Can you can you go into that a bit? Yeah, I can. Um, I was happy-go-lucky, but I knew I always knew that there was a a major problem. And then when the lockdowns occurred, it became very evident. And then as the lockdowns continued and I saw people like Dr. Robert Malone getting kicked off and other people that had any dissenting uh, opinion on, you know, COVID and vaccinations and lockdowns basically just get exited. You know, uh, they just got, they just got hammered. And then there was this one night, and this is back on my original account, which was at B-E-N-N-D-7-7. That was my original Nunya Business account on uh, on Twitter. Uh, it was December 31st. I think it was 2021. Uh, I was like, yeah, we were just coming into 2022. And that night, uh, there was a, a journalist that was just lambasting the, the idiocy of Dr. Robert Malone. And she was saying things that somebody that, you know, that is in journalism and without a scientific background, she clearly had no idea what she was saying. And it was so horrendous that my reply to her was have fun up against the wall. And of course that was interpreted as violence. <laughs> right. Now yeah. the, the thing about the thing about Twitter is they will never tell you what tweet got you booted off? If they're suspending your account and you've got the chance to come back, they'll say, "Hey, this tweet is uh, persona non grata. You gotta, you gotta delete it." And I'm like, the fact that they're making me actually delete the tweet makes me wonder about their motives. Because think about it, right? If I say something that they have a problem with, but they're like, "Hey, if you delete this tweet, you can come back." That's yeah, and they just want you to live in fear. Like, what did I do? So you just self-censor and you play so safe that you, you really can't say anything of any value anymore. Uh, it's even worse than that. It's a supplication ritual. It makes you 
physically bend the knee. They have every ability to delete that tweet. They don't need me to do it. They could say, hey, here's the deal. You got a 24-hour suspension. It's because of this tweet, which we've now deleted. That's a different, a completely different tactic than here's the tweet. If you want to come back on, you've got to delete it. That's like saying uncle, right? Say uncle. Exactly. Yeah. Say uncle. The fact that they were doing things like that always made me wonder about the people at the very top of that food chain and what their humanity looked like, the aura of their humanity. And it was a very, it's a very dark aura. So now getting back to the, the tweet that got me deleted, because you, but when you get kicked off of Twitter, they won't tell you what tweet did it. So I don't know. I can only conjecture why they booted me off. But I suspect it was a combination of that reply to a journalist who only had 15,000 followers. But I'm sure I'm sure her Karenness got the best of her and she just had to complain. But I also put out and or uh, put out a lot of tweets with mass psychosis or mass. Was it mass psychosis hysteria? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Something like that. I mean, a bunch of them. And I I mean, we were just we were hammering that night because it was that hashtag was trending and we were hell bent on not only to get it trend to trend further, but to trend as long as we could. I woke up January 1st. Happy New Year's. You don't have a Twitter account. All your 7,000 followers are now gone. Exactly. No, no chance to come back. So um, I got, I had a couple of other Twitter accounts um, that I got on that were for other purposes. And I said, Hey, this is my new one, blah, blah, blah. And the first one that I did, I ended up with like 4,000 followers inside of 24 hours and they deleted that one. With the re- reasoning wow. that, hey, wow. this is connected to the phone number, the same phone number that your deleted account is. So we're having none of it. Goodbye. And then I did the third one and that got to about 1500 followers inside of 36 hours and they did the same thing. So that was four Twitter. No, was it three? Yeah. Was it three or four? It was like, uh, yeah, three. It was three or four Twitter accounts gone inside of 48 hours. And I'm then real. I waited a month. <laughs> and I spun up with a with a Google phone number and a new email uh, at Ghost of Nunya because that's what you do. Your 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 new your new Twitter handle you has keep ghost coming back in. like a virus of your own, right? Like you know, ask uh, American Hoddle about that shit, or or God forbid, Labra Hoddle, which I think actually has <laughs> had more deletions than than American Hoddle. But be that as it. <laughs> Be that as it may, I had that thing for about a year, like a little over a year. Actually, no, a little under a year. And I had, I think I had 15, 2,000 followers on that thing. And then one day I put into my bio my old Bitcoin hackers address from Mastodon. Are you familiar with uh, Bitcoin hackers? I I am not. I don't. I may okay. have heard of it. I'm familiar with Mastodon, but no. Go ahead. Right. Rodolfo Novak. Uh, spun up a, a Mastodon in, or a, a well a Mastodon federated instance called Bitcoin Hackers. He's the guy behind CoinKite, Cold Card, uh, the Block Clock, all okay. that kind of stuff. Okay. So I got on that thing before he closed down registrations, and I had been on. I had oh, actually I'd been on there forever, like four years or something like that, when all this shit went down. And then I took that address and I put it into my new 
well, what was then my new uh, my new Twitter account for Ghost of Nunya into my bio. And 30 seconds later, I got an email saying that my account had been deleted because I, and the, the reason was avoiding permanent ban. <laughs> Ooh, crafty Twitter. Very crafty. There That's, was, yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, you know, and at that point, I'm not going to get another Google phone number and spin up another email. You know, I, I think I tried and it just, it didn't work. I can't remember exactly because by that time I was just done. And it was, that was in November. It may have been the end of October. And then coming into November, I, I think it was, um, I can't remember what, what, caused me to do it. I had heard about Noster for a long time, for like two years running by by that time, except that nobody ever, well, I listened to podcast after podcast, and I was just never able to put it together. Maybe I'm just not all that bright, but I was never able to put together what Noster was. But moreover, how the hell I interact with this thing. Yeah. And, you know, the Bitcoin space in general didn't quite have a finger on what Nostra was. You know, a lot of people were talking about it that didn't know very much about it either. So uh, I was in the same boat and I was very interested because anything that is decentralized and because I always want to say those off the cuff remarks. I'm kind of a passionate person. Uh, I'm not a violent person, but I, you know, I always want to make a comment like, uh, is assassination still a thing? You know, just (laughs) just because how come these people are still out there? Um, And I don't mean like I'm not inciting people to go shoot somebody by any means. I don't want that to happen. But I mean, back in the day, these things happened. And so I, that just, I thought it was kind of a funny comment uh, in, mm-hmm. on one hand, it also underlines the seriousness of, of, of what's going on, but uh, back to this uh, Noster thing, because it's, it's really uh, terrific. And, and interestingly enough, uh, I got on a number, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe, and really haven't had the best experience with it because I think what I have to do is, is uh, buy on to uh, a channel. So I get better, um, satellite uh, i forget what they're called i don't know the term terminology relays thank you um but the first practical thing i've ever done with no aside from making a few posts was uh reaching out to you and getting hold uh-huh. of you uh which i'm like hey man it's working <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah ex- exactly so the what i finally did is i i i, I can't remember what it was that i, I came across I think it was, I can't astral dot ninja, and I go okay, and I, I can't remember where I where I came across it at, but I was like okay, I'll do that. So I just type in astral dot ninja to my browser and find out that it it didn't take me that long, but I finally figured out what I was looking at was the first window that I had to be able to see into that which is Noster, and it looked it was basically a Telegram clone, and I yeah. hate telegram like the plague yeah i don't get it i'm like how do you thread through all this the 12 different people having 80 different conversations all in one column i'm like are like what's wrong with you but (laughs) yeah (laughs) some people love it so i'll you know hey if you want to do it you knock yourself the hell out but to each their own david to each their own so I I was doing Astral Ninja and then like and then I was like okay well what's this iris what's this cortical things started leading me to other clients and and what a picture formed in my head. I'm like, 
Oh, when they say Nostra's a protocol, they literally mean Nostra's like HTTP. Yeah. It's, and once you get that, that is that's that's an important moment. Right. It, but the second moment was my the, the second moment that I had in, in Noster was my also my second Bitcoin moment. That Bitcoin moment is when that thing that you do with Bitcoin and it finally clicks exactly what this means. And the 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 Bitcoin moment that sends you raging at light speed down the rabbit hole. That's the Bitcoin moment. My second one was Noster. Right on. Right on. So after I experimented with a shit ton of different clients, and there was like, I think there was eight out at the time, and now there's like, what, 50? (laughs) Right, Uh, right. What became evident was that all my, like I was, you know, like each one of these things, I'd experiment and I would by writing notes and other stuff. And I would DM people and I had, you know, notes out there and I had replies. And, and to notes, 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 by the way. Oh, and along comes the John Deere riding mower that you're hearing live in the background, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the notes for those of you not in the know are like equivalent to a tweet, just, just so you know. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, when I what happened is that I ended up getting on. Uh, I can't remember which client it was. That, uh, I think I want to say it was Cortical, but it, it doesn't matter. It was some client that I was using on a web brace browser, and I'm still on Windows. Yes, I know it sucks, but that's what it is. And <laughs> I go back, and and this is within just a couple of days that all this is occurring for me. It's not months. It's just like literally a couple of days. And then I go back and I I start looking at like, I'm on a completely different client. I've got the same NPUB, which is my, basically you can think of it as a login and your private key that is part of getting on Noster is your password, kind of. It's a bad analogy, but it works. It's the closest we have. Yeah. So you need, you need both to be able to post. You need the NPUB to be able to just read. So I would go to this other, you know, this, like another client. And I realized looking at like that all my DMs were still there. And I realized that that first DM was from like the first client that I used 48 hours before. And that all the followers that I had were all the same followers. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And then I started doing the same thing. I started really taking a critical look at what was in my history. Who am I following? Who's following me? What notes did I put out? What DMs did I send? What what did I receive? I started looking at all of those on every client that I could get my hand on. And every time I put in my public key, I saw them all there. And that was when I realized nobody can kick me off this thing. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nobody, nobody has any ability to touch me at this point, nor my thoughts, nor censor me, nor whatever. And I was like, holy shit, that was the last part of the puzzle. And I, there's three parts of this puzzle. There's Bitcoin, there's Lightning Network, and then there's Noster. And that builds yourself a three-legged stool. And a three-legged stool is the most stable sitting device ever devised by humankind. And I knew that it was all over for 
everything. This is so good because I've heard you make that uh, three-legged stool analogy before, and it's just like I'm 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 live and interactive with David Bennett right now. I feel like I'm I'm part of the show. This is really fun, dude. Uh, sorry, that was just a little crazy thought no, I had no. as you spoke, but carry on. Um, well, well, that and it was like, and that was it. I just there was um, after a couple of months, you know, I was at, like we were getting into December. And JB55, uh, that's at JB55. You can find him on Nostra as well. And he is the guy that created the Domus iOS client. And he was updating like every single day. I'd have I'd have to download a new update for Domus. And I mean, I just watched it unfold from a baby in diapers to what it is now, where it's walking around making its own friends. It's like the fastest growth rate of a of a entity I've ever seen. It's even, it was even kind of faster than Bitcoin is. And it just at, at one point or another, I was completely off of my addiction to Twitter. And I, and what's weird is that I'm not actually all that addicted to Noster. Yeah. I'm on it all the time, but I don't get those same chemistry bumps that I used to get on Twitter. It's a completely different biochemical reaction. And there is a, bio, for those of you who don't think that Twitter affects your biochemistry, you're wrong. It does. And by and through that manipulation of your biochemistry, adrenal gland, pituitary shit, all kinds of different kinds of hormones can be affected by the way it's called, what, like, ah, uh, cognitive Imp, not imprinting, cognitive programming. It works. We've known it worked. That's why they call everything on television programming. It's a program that runs to elicit a certain effect from those that watch it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Bill Nye's got nothing on you, mister. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, but yeah, we've known this and, and we've watched documentaries about social media and the, uh, you know, the chemical surges, the biochemical surges that you get from certain actions and seeing thumbs up and seeing hearts and all that kind of crap. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's I, it, really amazing to 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 hear this from you. Who, who I love your story with it. You know, I mean, I love your Bitcoin. Uh, actually, I'd like to get to that, but put that on the back burner for now. But your yeah. your personal journey from social media centralized to social media decentralized and understanding like folks, this is really the power. And a lot of people say, yeah, well, I don't need that. You're going to, you're going to need it. If you want to get information freely as a, as a sovereign individual, as somebody who cares about the real news, uh, doing any kind of research, you're going to need this. So listen to David here. Yeah, that's, it's an important, uh, it's an important structure that's been built and the only way to stop it is to completely destroy the internet worldwide. And if you do that, you're going to see cities burn. Even municip even municipalities so depend on the internet for their billing structure to get you to pay your water bill, to get you to pay your electricity bill. That if you just if the government says, you know what, we, we can't keep up with any of this stuff, so we're just we're going to hang out with China and Russia and Australia and all of Europe and all the countries around the world, and we're going to come to a consensus that we're going to shut the internet down. That won't work. They're too dependent upon it, and 
when was the last time that, you know, you had a handful of countries that came together in a room that was able to agree on anything, much less the 175 countries that are flying flags right now? It's never going to happen. There's always going to be a pocket of connected people via digital transmission lines. It's always going to happen. And those that don't shut down the internet are going to make a killing because people are going to move and there's always going to be taxes. So their tax base will increase. Nobody can do this. Nobody can maneuver. They've hemmed themselves in. They are in themselves, have put themselves into their own kind of prison. And that's why I don't really worry about them taking down Noster. Besides, let them try. I'd like to see that kind of game theory play out. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, a quick question for you regarding uh, Noster. Then, if if I get uh, a paid, what do you call it, a subscription, or if I buy, I know it's like a one-time thing right now. It may evolve into like a yearly subscription or something. But to 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 a is it to a relay that I need to get attached to, like a decent one? Yeah. So uh, because my experience right now is 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 a little bit choppy, quite frankly. Um, I can't always, you know, it takes a while to load up certain um, certain pages, certain things are, are clunky. Uh, I, I'm told and I follow Preston Pish and he's a big one on this as well. I need what do I need to do to make my Nostra experience uh, more streamlined? There's no way to answer that. Not okay. not not from an intelligible standpoint. Let's look at it. Let's let's look at it like this. When. Twitter was first being built out. It was a kludge. I mean, it was clunky. It had load up problems. It had, it basically was the same thing that you're describing right now. And what I, what I advise people, you know, at this point is when they're, you know, I, I see somebody on Nostra saying, oh, I can't even upload a, you know, a video. And I'm like, well, you need to go look for another client. And I, I, and you can't be a dick about it because you just turn people off, but it's, What's going on is that the prison cells are following people wherever they go. And the prison cell here is that out of the box, they have to be able to have the exact same experience that they've always had everywhere, except that experience was always designed by somebody else and a group of people that were centralized that had nefarious ideas as to how they were going to monetize your ass. So when you get to something like Noster, where there is no monetary or revenue model, not yet, because it can't be, it's decentralized, then you bring that baggage with you. And then you're looking at something new through the lenses of something old. And when you do that, you completely cut yourself off from the potential. Now, here we are. I'm, I'm going to look for, see if I can find any of my uh, paid relays. And I'm looking at okay. Nostagram right now. And where's my paid release? Okay, here we go. Um, there are several at this point that you can choose from. So what what's a paid relay versus a, a, a just a regular public relay? A regular public relay is basically the first iteration of relays. And what happens is that if I send out a note or, you know, like you say, kind of like a tweet, it gets picked up by a relay. And if you're connected to the same and, relay, and by the way, is that the little I see uh, 17 of 19? Is that my relay count? I'm I'm sort of attached yeah. to 17 of 19 at the moment. 
Yes, that's okay. your relay count. That's your, 17 is what you're actively connected to. And the other two may be down. They may have some connectivity issues. It reminds me of like when you uh, rip a torrent, you know, it shows you how many cedars you have and how many are actively yes. feeding your uh, torrent. Okay. It, it is actually very much like that. Um, so if you're connected to the same relay that I'm connected to, we're going to see each other's stuff. So if I'm only connected to one relay, and no other relays. It's kind of like the, you're you're pissing in the snow, bud. Yeah, I can only see the other people that are on that relay. So that's why I connect to more than one relay. And it's going to get to the point where I don't need to be connected to 21 relays. I can connect to four. And there's a lot of people that are already doing that through because they've really gone into each one of these relays and picked them apart. Who are they connected to? How many users do they have? And then they make their job. So that's like your your family almost, you know, that's that's your tribe. Okay. Right. Right. And it's like, and and that's sort of, there's a theory that, that uh, relays will become like that and become sort of like a little bit more of a federated issue than a purely decentralized issue. But for right now, the old public relays, which are still all up, uh, like Noster uh, hyphen pub dot dot dev is a one of the original public relays and anybody can connect to it. It doesn't cost you any money. You can do that. And there's like a thousand public relays, if not more. But the problem is, is that since anybody can connect, then anybody can just put up note after note after note in automated fashion, like a bot, because there are bots, it floods your global timeline. Like the if you attach to a global timeline, like your global Twitter timeline, and you see just all this stuff and it's impossible to parse through, that's what global Noster is like. And you'll get stuff from other countries because there's no filtering yet to say, hey, I don't want to see Chinese language or I don't understand Azerbaijan, so please only give me English. They're, things are being built along those lines, but, you know, it's not a, it's not ready for prime time yet. And that's okay. You know, as long as you don't, if we can stop looking through the lenses of our old baggage to the new, then we'll be able to see the potential. But then you get to the paid relays and these started coming online a couple of months ago. And those paid relays are something like one of my favorites is Eden.Noster.Land. And you pay 5,000 Satoshis for it one time. And, and at it. the moment, it's not much. <laughs> right. At the moment, it's not much. There's <clears throat> another uh, big favorite of a lot of people is Noster.Wine, W-I-N-E. And you're going to pay 8888 sats for that, which is still not much. But there's a couple of there's a couple of expensive ones like puravita.noster.land is 10,000 sats. So what's the difference between private and public relays? Private relay like it or not gets kind of back to where somebody's calling the shots as to what people can see on that relay. For right now, because most of the people that are in all this are not heinous, evil dark-hearted individuals with nothing but evil machinations upon your time, then what's going on is that people are saying, this is sort of an English-only relay so that you don't have to filter through languages that you don't understand. Or 
they cause a situation to where bots are able to be identified and then basically blocked from that relay. Or the fact that bots don't want to pay 10,000 Satoshis to connect to this relay. So they'll just go find a public relay. So through economics and incentives, you kind of filter out shit. It's like a natural shit filter. And it's amazing the way how it works because it's so simple. A scammer doesn't want to pay to do the scamming. So there you go. Yeah, it's wonderful. Again, incentive driven, right? Just like Bitcoin. And there's a whole bunch of them. And if you and there's one of my favorite ones, however, and I don't even think it's a paid relay. Let me I just want to check. I can't see it in my paid relay list. But there's a, a there's a new type of relay. Um, and the first one of this new type of relay is still a public relay, as far as I can tell. And it's called Blaster. B-L-A-S-T-R. And it's built by the guys that built the Mutiny Wallet as a side project. And they spun it up within like, I don't know, a couple of days. And it's a specific kind of relay that is sort of a read-only relay or a, a, what is it? I can't remember exactly. The way it works is kind of like this. It picks up like, if you're subscribed to it, it picks up what you write. And then it sends it to 300 different relays, both private private and public. So that way, remember how I said I can only see what you write if you're connected to the relay that I'm connected to? Yes, I do. Well, if you're connected to any one of these 300 relays, you're going to see what I wrote. Bingo. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's amazing. So it depends on the creativity of the people that want to spin up a relay. You can just spin up a relay. I can do that shit on my node right now. My node BTC is my full Bitcoin node, as well as my lightning network node. They dropped in a relay for Noster. And if I want to spin that up, I can, I haven't, but I could, but then I can configure it. And that's where the creativity of the people behind spinning up certain kinds of relay, whether they're public, whether they're paid, whether they are just connected to other relays like that blaster uh, relay. Right. It, like what else comes up? We can't, we don't know. We have no idea where this is going to go. What I do know is that it will go somewhere. And I do know that clients are getting better and better and better. And that the kludginess or the clunkiness of the feel of these uh, clients as you interact with the Nostra protocol gets smoother and smoother and smoother. And they start becoming in alignment with that old baggage that you carried with you that when you first saw Noster, you were like, I don't understand it. I don't think this is going to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. That starts to come in alignment with your expectations of shit just working right out of the box. And sad to say, there's a lot of people that they just don't want to wait for things to start working out of the box later on. Well, they don't yeah, like. You know, it's your time preference, right? And that's why Bitcoiners are good at this. Yeah, they don't like some assembly required. They they want to pay somebody 100 bucks to actually put the bike together so they can give it to their kids on Christmas. That's not what this is. And if you if you're coming here because you think that's what it is, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you have an imagination and if you know what we're coming from is dark 
and evil and scandalous and scum filled with scumbaggery, then you'll go, okay, I'll spend the time to figure this out a little bit more. And it doesn't take that much. It really doesn't, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that hard. And what it gives us is it gives us a hell of a lot more than we're taken from it. I love it. Uh, David, thanks for getting into this deep for all of us. And, and uh, I'm kind of, one foot in and uh, examining and turning it upside down and and saying, what is this thing? Uh, But it's become useful uh, to me already. Uh, You know, proof is in the pudding. We got uh, David Bennett of Bitcoin and on the line, folks. So um, moving on now, let's have some fun. Got about seven minutes left. I wanted to throw a few things at you. Uh, You're a science fiction fan. What is your favorite uh, series, uh, movie? Uh, I know difficult things but throw some some good chewy science fiction at us i'm just gonna have to go with dune i've read that series so many times it's 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 just and it's it's an amazing especially the first book is just an amazing amazing look at how humans deal with ecology in a setting of science fiction morality and and ethics it's it's amazing if you haven't read it it's a hard read but dude it's so worth it it's not even funny amen frank herbert yeah. After that, you know, authors that I really like are uh, uh, Orson Scott Card or Scott Orson Card. I can't remember. He he wrote the. Uh, ah, shit. If I hadn't been trying to think about it, um, the kid that was playing the game. Uh, uh, what's the name of that goddamn thing? It's not Ready Player One. It's um, Ender's Game. Oh, nice. OK. Uh, a lot of his stuff is good. I also like the classics like Arthur C. Clarke, the Robot series, Foundation series. Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't actually read Ray Bradbury, but I did watch the Martian Chronicles when they built it into a, a, a TV series show. Yeah. yeah. OK. I'm going to give you uh, the, the Illustrated Man. It's a collection of short stories interwoven with a common theme. That's your homework. The Illustrated Man. Awesome. Awesome. Ray Bradbury. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard about that. I've heard about that book on on several occasions. Okay, now music. Uh, what's what's the kind of music you're going to sit down and and listen to when you when you've got a few moments away from the pod? Rush. Oh, dude, we're friends <laughs> forever. We're, I love yeah, it. Go it, ahead. Go ahead. It's it's Rush, but you know, beyond that, it's going to be like the my my quad umvirate. Like a triumvirate, because there's four is <laughs> right. is Rush, Pink Floyd, Van Halen, and um, oh God, what's the other one? I haven't listened to him in so long, I've forgotten. Zap. Uh, do what? Zeppelin? Oh, Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yep. Led Zeppelin. Thank you. That's yeah, ex- exactly. So it's like I'm a you know I was, you know I was a kid in the '80s. I was a kid in the '70s. And, uh, you know, that's where all this music came up, but then I didn't get into it until like the early eighties. And when I discovered it, I just like never looked back, but you know, stuff like Billy Joel, I mean, I've, I've had uh good night Saigon stuck in my head for a full month. I can't listen to this. <laughs> I can't listen to this song enough to try to get it out of my head. I was, I went to bed with it last night. I woke up with it in my head this morning. It started, I'm about to write Billy Joel and say, Hey, you caused this problem, pal. I, I need a solution because I can't get this tune out of my head. But he's like one of, if not, I think it's it's probably arguable, but I think he's the finest 
living American music composer right now. And I think in the future, he'll be seen as the finest American music composer for a very long time. Amazing songwriter, amazing songwriter. And and uh, he started in a crazy metal band back in the day where they wore like caveman outfits. I wish I could remember what their name was. It's oh uh, it's worth looking into. It's uh, the yeah. YouTube material there uh, quickly now running out of time. But uh, uh, are you going to be at Bitcoin 23 by any chance? No, I'm not going to be able to make it. I probably won't be able to make it all the way out there for for quite a while. It's just it's just a, a it's just a financial constraint. It's just too expensive for me to go. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty much as far away as you as can as be, I can get. You know, yeah. diagonal across the USA. Crazy. Okay, uh, folks, I've been talking to uh, David Bennett, the one and only, the uh, un unplatformable uh, podcaster, the uh, signal, the beacon of truth. Uh, his podcast is called Bitcoin, and you must uh, check it out. Fountain app, it's really good for that. But of course, he's available on every uh, you know content provider you can you could pretty much imagine. Uh, is there anything you want to add before we uh, we go our separate ways, sir? Now, just you know, buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, and don't try to make money off of your Bitcoin. I, I'll, I'll leave with this. I've been reading a book called The Richest Man in Babylon for a while. I've been listening to it on uh like you know Audible for for a while. It's an amazing book about wealth building and it's amazingly simple but it's told in a you know a certain style and one of the rules of gold is like the fifth rule of gold is do not invest any money in something that will that promises to give you usurious returns. And by usury, we mean something like when we say 20% returns, 7% returns. And this was written 8,000 years ago. And yet we still have people that think DeFi is going to make them rich. Stop doing it. Listen to the ancients. They have never led you astray. Beautiful, wonderful advice from David Bennett, ladies and gentlemen. I can't say enough, Mister. Um, thanks so much. And uh, as a as a fan, it's been great to share this conversation with you. And uh, you know, I hope folks can forgive the noise in the background as I come to you from my little van uh, with the windows open because it's hot in Florida, baby. But uh, this has been terrific, and I hope we can do it again. Uh, and and you know, I'd love to. I'm waiting for Twitter Spaces to be the Noster version. I'm waiting for that uh, uh, usability to, to pop up. And I would love to, oh, to get involved with something like that with you and kick here. this shit around. You know, I know it's here. Uh, okay. But you, okay. I'm going to send you an email and figure out how we can get together on something like that, because I think that'd be a lot of fun. We can go on forever. Especially, yeah, absolutely, man. No especially problem. Especially with Rush. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh man. I really got to get that Noster equivalent of Twitter spaces going on with uh, David Bennett. Uh, I just felt like an hour and 15 minutes weren't enough, folks. Uh, he's got so much to say and is so spot on with his analysis of the macro situational state of affairs, you know, all that stuff. That's what he does, you know, on uh, Bitcoin. And uh, you got to follow. Uh, you can learn so much from him. And this is why I love the space. You know, it's Bitcoiners, man. They're my people. 
you can hear the excitement in my voice as I chatted with him. So stoked to bring this one to you. Please share it around. Uh, make some fountain clips. Any help would be appreciated. Uh, be sure to follow Bitcoin and David's pod. Uh, get them back on the top 10 list on fountain. Uh, but don't forget me, okay, MFers? I need your support. Uh, thanks for spending your time here with me on N21, as usual. Really, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the next one. This was terrific. Uh, all the best, everyone, and, and talk soon.